Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. What up, y'all? It's Russ Parr, and welcome to the Russ Parr Cast. Yeah, we talk to a lot of crazy people. And usually, you know, I am crazy, so I attract crazy people, and that's just what I do. But anyway... I want you guys to enjoy the show today because uh, we're going to be talking to Red Grant. He's a stand-up comic. He's a comedian. You know, same thing. And also, of course, he's an actor. But now he wants to add something new to his resume. He wants to become the next mayor of Washington, D.C. And he makes a great case right here on the Russ Podcast. Then after that, what do you do when you get pulled over by the police? You know your rights? Or somebody tries to come to your home and serve you or whatever? Do you know your rights? We'll be talking to Kendrick Redfern all about that. Body Armor, brand new book. You're going to love it. Well, he's on the line right now, the funniest guy on the phone right now and in the world on this phone. Yes, his name is Red Grant. Good morning, Red. How are you? I'm doing well, Russ. How are you doing today? All right, here, man. man. Happy, happy New Year to you. Same to you. Now, Red, you know, a lot of people know you as being a very funny, one of the best comedians in the country. Um, Red will kill you every time you see him on stage but now he's a candidate for mayor of washington dc correct dc politics is no joke red why are you doing this uh well i was called to do it russ uh when i came home mm. a few years ago my neighbors and a lot of the residents started asking me uh to run for office and i just had to decide which office I wanted to run for. I didn't want to be a councilman because I'm not a legislator. And I had to lean on my, my executive side, like you. You know, a lot of people thought you were just a radio personality, and you showed them that not only were you not just a radio personality, you were also an executive producer, and you were able to take uh, people like myself and put them in movies and, and do beautiful productions and run a corporation. And I've been running a corporation for the last 25 years. You know, my executive producing projects, over 25 for Viacom Network, uh, mm-hmm. employing thousands of people, working with millions and millions of dollars in budgets. It was only mm-hmm. smart right after I talked to my wife and family, and they agreed with it to run for the executive office of mayor. Uh, because this city is a corporation and needs a leader that understands how to run a corporation. So interesting. Uh, it's a, it's, yeah. Let, let me ask you, um, what is the biggest issue that you have in this city? Something that you think you can change that you can have a profound effect on? Um, I think f- public surf, public safety first. Uh, I think mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, me having one of the biggest uh, nonprofit organizations, don't shoot guns, shoot cameras helping our youth learn and stay out of these streets so they can have other options and, mm-hmm. and use their, you know, their intelligence and their energy toward great things. I think our youth are starving for programs out here in our city. We took all the programs out of the schools, the after-school programs. They don't have a place to go. And we got to start with public safety and helping our youth. You know, to see our youth smile after they, they're going down the wrong path, it, it, it brightens my day. And mm. I think we have to start first with, with grabbing our youth up 
and giving them opportunities that they normally would not have and loving them again. Because my, my whole platform is built around love, care, and respect. And then mm-hmm. if we have that in our city, we can bring that back to our city and, and give our city uh, an option and, and bring it back to its uh, axle. Then we have a great city that other cities can model after. You know, you, you have a daunting task before you. Uh, mm-hmm. You're running against uh, Mariel Bowser, right? Uh, she's one of the candidates. Uh, but, you know, I'm running, <laughs> as I'm, running, I'm running as an independent. So you got to understand, a lot of people don't understand this, that, you know, they have a primary, you know, Treyon White, Robert White, uh, Mariel Bowser. Uh, they all have a primary that they, they're going through in June. Um, I'm going to the general because I'm an independent. And, I, and, I, and nice. I, I've been a Democrat my whole life, and I changed my party to independent to run for mayor because I think D.C. has to have a nonpartisan mayor, somebody who can reach on both sides of the aisle and bring people together. You know, our city is off right now, Russ, and we yeah. gotta, we got to get away from party politic lines. And if we don't, we're going to be in the same situation that we've been in for the last, what, 10 years. You know, crime has risen. Uh, in the last ten years, twenty five percent. Not you know, and that, that's a lot. Mm. So if you yeah. feel like right now that you're less safer, twenty five percent less safer now than you were ten years ago, then you feel like me. You know, I want I want my kids to grow up in a city where they're safe. You know, so it, it, it's a it's a big situation right now, and I and I suggest that people look into my platform at uh, grantformatedc.com and understand how powerful our movement is. We have over 400 volunteers uh, right now that's willing to take on these daunting tasks and build mm-hmm. a vibrant group of volunteers. You know, And I'm pleased to report that we currently um, uh, have a volunteer movement that's bigger than anybody else's movement in the city. So nice. uh, I'm, ready, I'm ready to get more, more volunteers, thousands or more, to reclaim their seat at the table. You know, it's time for our city to retain right. its independence. So, yeah. One of the biggest issues for D.C. for years, and I don't know if you have a plan for it, so I'm going to ask you if you do, um, taxation without representation. Uh, that has been a problem. I think it's totally unfair that they can take your taxes, but you, you don't have a right to vote. Do you have right. a plan for that? Do you have a strategy? Well, that's why I'm running independent, because we have to be able to reach... You know, where it stops at, state, D.C. statehood stops when it gets up to um, Congress and the Senate. And we have mm-hmm. to be able to reach on both sides and pull people together that will vote our way. You know, you know, my, my mother was a Democrat. Her mother before that was a Democrat. And on and on and on. And we still don't have voting rights in our city. You know, we have to be able to reach on both sides of the aisle to be able to get the things done that we need done right now. You know, voting rights is serious. You know, I've been looking at, I looked at, I don't know if you looked at Will Smith, uh, 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 and I think it's called Independent, but it, it talks about mm-hmm. the 14th Amendment and, you know, and voting rights. Right. And I just I just went back to school at UDC, and we're, we're learning about how important it is for us. You know, when we first, as black men, got our voting rights in 1867 uh, in D.C., and that was a struggle for us. So, you know, we, we can't we can't forget where we come from. Voting rights is right. the most important thing that we have. And people sleep on that. And we and we have to attach ourselves 
with that situation and understand that that's our power. So, you know, we have to have statehood, definitely. Well, you know, one of the things I will say about you, because I've known you for, what, 20 years? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know your passion, and I know you love your city, and that gives you the qualifications in my book to run for this office, because I think it's really important that we have somebody that's there, um, not going to be a political animal, and, and not to say that the current mayor is, because I don't believe that she is, but, you know, it's up to whatever, whatever you guys think, it's fine. But at the end of the day is that you, you have the passion to want to make a difference for people in the district. And we have too many instances where we've had mayors that have gone in there and didn't really cater to the constituents. Uh, You drive downtown D.C., man, 8th Street, Unused Street, everything has changed. They call it gentrification. Um, That has probably been a good thing and a bad thing. From your perspective, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, um, we know it's a thing. Uh, We know that, that, you know, D.C. was a, a, a cultural city of 80 percent at one time and now it's down to 49 percent but you know that we have we have to have affordable housing you know by regulating these requirements for bank funding development projects in the city you know that's the key and we got to create balances for the use um, of housing production trust funds to make sure it does not I mean does what it's supposed to do for my neighbors uh, to eliminate misappropriation and that that's what's been happening you know we our, our city has, people have been pushed out of our city because they can't afford to live here. Did everything wrong. Everything wrong. And I, I ain't got time to read no book. I said, you need to read this book because everything my boy pointed out in his book, you did the opposite. That's why you had to get bailed out of jail. Right. Okay. And, see, and that's the whole purpose of the book, you know, to survive your next encounter with the police. Because, see, most people make mistakes because you don't know what to do. So mm. this is basically to inform you whether you walking down the street at home and the police knock on your door. Do you have to open it? Well, in the book, you'll know when you do and when you don't. I mean, if you're a passenger in the car and the police ask you to get out in the book, it'll let you know. Do I have to get out? Do I have to give him my name? So, I mean, it's very informative. And as we know, information is power. In the interrogation room, you may be nervous, but do you know the police can lie to you, can say anything they want to you? That's why it's best to say nothing unless you have an attorney present. That's right. Let me ask you you something. Um, When they ask you questions like, can I search your car and things like that, you're scared, right? That's right. And you automatically get out of your car and let them search it. You don't have to do that, correct? You do not have to do that. And a lot of times it's the way the officer will say it to you. Sometimes they will say, hey, can I? Or let me just check out your car and you get on your way. Or one may say, get out the car. And you may think, hey, well, I have to just get out the car. Hmm. So they're counting on your, for lack of a better word, ignorance. Of what you don't know about your rights and the law. That's right. Now, when you don't comply with an officer, can they arrest you for that, not complying with the police officer? Well, it depends on what it is. I mean, it depends on what it is. I mean, if you're at the scene of a crime and, and or you're at the scene and you feel like an officer is harassing someone or you just want to be a witness to, uh, of this encounter, and the officer may say, get out of here or I'll arrest you. 
can't arrest you. Only thing you have to do is be at a safe distance away so you're not impeding his process and you can film and you can stand there. That's not against the law. But you may leave afraid. Uh, let me go. I'm going to jail. Not the case. I think the biggest fear that I had back in the day, because there was a rash of this with police officers, I'm from L.A., uh, they were pulling people over and planting stuff. Mm. And you can't, you can't prove that it's not yours. Right. You know, um, and, and this was like in uh, the San Fernando Valley, uh, which was kind of common back in the day when I was in college. You get pulled over and let's just say you were smoking a joint, which is what happened with a relative. He was smoking a joint. They could smell it. Now, once they smell weed coming out of your window of your car, do they have a right to say, I want to search your car? In most places, yes. Well, I mean, because that 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 is probable cause. But in a lot of places these days, no. Like Washington D.C. and a few other places, that's not reason enough alone to search a car. Used to be, but the laws are changing and starting to catch up. You know, I I often wonder. Um, you know, so many people that say, I've heard other people and police officers say this. If you're getting pulled over and it's and it's like, let's say, a secluded area, you have a right to drive to a lit area. Is that right. correct? Yes, you do. And that's what you really want to do. You want to be, you know, on camera. You want to have other witnesses to what's going on. But sometimes that may anger an officer. So you want to make sure that you allow that officer to know that you're not trying to get away. You can put on your How hazard do do lights. Well, you can put you on your it? hazard lights, reduce your speed. You know, it's ways to show right. that you're not eluding or trying to flee. You know what I mean? But okay. and then again, he may say, hey, were you trying to hide something? Or you did all of that for this? And you can just simply say, no, I was afraid. My relative tried to record the police officer on his phone. He made him turn his phone off. Can he do that? Well, see, that's what I'm saying. By law, how? What? How is that impeding his investigation? No. But I probably would have started that recording device maybe before he got to me. But by law, no, he can't. He can say, put your phone down. They usually say, you know, take it out of your hands. They don't want anything in your hands. But the fact that your phone is recording, that, that's not impeding his investigation. When you're pulled over, um, can you call 911 and say, I'm, I'm being pulled over under false pretense? and this officer is coming to my window, can you do that? Well, you can call 911 and say, I'm uncomfortable with what's going on. Can I get a supervisor to the scene? You know, mm -hmm. there is a supervisor on duty who can right. respond. Yeah, so you can say, hey, I'm afraid this guy's acting a little, you know, just for whatever reason, I'm not comfortable. Is there a, a, a correct way to converse with the officer without them taking personal affront? To your tone because that's how get that's how this police officer in, in, in my relative's case he got riled up because you know so what's this all about man i ain't got nothing in i mean so his his tone was messed up do you advise in your book um how you approach and how you talk to these officers well yeah every officer will tell you everyone i interview will tell you be courteous you know what i mean and i will tell you comply if you can you know, if if, if you if it doesn't put you in danger, you know, you should try to comply. Mm -hmm. Even if you think the officer is wrong, you can question him on it, but make a note of it. Because, see, on the street, you know, and the officer will tell you, I mean, no disrespect to an officer, but the officer is like the lowest form of the law. So you acting up on the scene, you are justifying that officer being actually the judge now or the executioner now. Right. 
Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, coming up in just one second, uh, we're talking to Ken Redfern, Body Armor, everything you need to know to survive your next encounter with the police. Stay right there. We'll be right back. You know, these are tough times. Sometimes you need somebody that you can trust, that you can bear your soul to, somebody you can talk to. I have friends that call me and think, well, Russ can answer my questions, but I'm not a trained professional. And, you know, right now I've, I've got a friend that is having a really tough time in his marriage. And he does know that it's the pressures of the pandemic that have caused, you know, a lot of frayed feelings in their household. But, you know, there's some things that I can't help you with because I'm friends with both of them, him and his wife. So I told him about Talkspace. Yeah, Talkspace.com. It gives you unlimited access to a licensed therapist so you can clear up any confusion and focus on what matters. They have children. They need to focus on that. But then again, leave it up to the experts. Talkspace makes it so easy to, to, to reach out to somebody that can give you some insight on what you're going through. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Your struggles and, and your challenges are unique. But it's time to talk to somebody that understands that, somebody that really can give you a trained personal point of view of what you're going through. Talkspace even offers couples therapy so you can work on your relationship with your partner at your side. Because, you know, like, listen, no relationship is perfect. It's just not. But you just need the tools in order to build it and make it continue to work. Listen, it's important that you have someone that you can talk to. Join Talkspace today and start the journey to be happier have a healthier relationship. Just visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code Russ Parr at sign up. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code Russ Parr. We're talking to Ken Redfern, Body Armor, Everything You Need to Know to Survive Your Next Encounter with the Police. It's a wonderful book. I, I know him personally because he works with me every morning, but he's worked for years on this book, getting research and so on and so forth. This is probably one of the very best books out there right now that basically tells you what your rights are and what you should and should not do. With that being said, let's start with what's the proper thing to do when you see those cherry lights uh, light up behind you. What should you do? Should you be reaching to get your driver's license and your insurance form before he gets to the car or always have that nearby? What is the advice that you give people? Well, first of all, before you even get that far, before you pull off, make sure you have everything you need as far as your license, your registration, your proof of insurance, and then make sure those items are accessible. Um, one officer uh, from, uh, I believe, the Washington, D.C. area, 12, 14 years experience said, use the sun visor. Place those items right in your sun visor. It's high visibility. The officer can see that movement, you know, so it's not putting the officer like thinking that you're doing anything threatening, you know? So right. that's the main thing. Have those items uh, visible, you see, and and, and uh, readily available. So you can wait till the officer arrives if you want to retrieve them at that point. But if you're retrieving them from the sun visor rather than the uh, center console or your glove box, your movement doesn't look suspicious. All right, so the relative that got pulled over, he was, he was giving instructions to the officer of his every move. And he said it irritated the officer. And then his he became aggressive. He says what he did is that I'm I got my hands out the window and I'm not taking them out of the window until you're here. You got your flashlight so you can see what I am looking for. And the police officer was trying to tell him to get out of the car. Just get out of the car. Get out of the car. And he was like, I I need to get my you asked me for my license and my registration. And it was in his glove box. You know the whole glove box routine. You go to the glove box, they're thinking there's a weapon. Could be. And then boom, we got a problem. 
Could so be. is there a procedure that when they come up, you stick your hands out the window, let them know you got nothing? Is that well, signal you, to the police officer, hey, I am not a threat? You don't even have to put them out the windows. You can simply put your hands up. Just make them visible in your car. You can make them visible. You have, you know, windows all around you. But again, if the if the situation, if there's if it's intense, if you have someone arguing with the officer, he's probably going to separate you from the vehicle because not only that. He can't see if you have a weapon in the vehicle, and he wants to search your person to make sure you don't have a weapon on you, you see, so he can start de-escalating the situation. But if you're arguing, why did you stop me, this, this, and that, you don't have your license, you don't have your registration, you're reaching, you, you know, you could make an yeah. officer nervous. Um, you know, when you go to a court of law, it's your word against his. You don't stand a chance. Correct? Not necessarily. It depends on what's going on. I mean... In terms of what, if you say you say I was speeding and you say I was not speeding, I um, mean typically. Yeah, I mean, he illegally searched my car. You know these kind of things. Um, a lot of that stuff, man. You know, I know some folks, man. They go and they try to, you know, make that case. The only way they beat the case is if the officer doesn't show up because he shows up, man. You're done. Well, typically, um, when it always, typically the judge always leans with the officer in terms of being truthful. You know, you would think an officer of the law is going to be truthful. Typically these days, if you tell an officer they cannot search your car and they don't have probable cause, it's not too many officers these days that are just going to go and do it. That probably was an issue at one point. I know definitely when I was coming up. But nowadays they pretty much know that there's a camera somewhere watching. Let me ask you, what is the biggest mistake we do? when we uh, get pulled over by the police. And again, we're talking to Ken Redfern, um, better known as Super Ken. Body armor, everything you need to know to survive your next encounter with the police. What What is the biggest mistake people make? Probably being angry or trying to argue. Don't try to agitate the officer. Be kind, be courteous. We're trying to get this over with. At the end of the day, the officer is trying to get home too. You understand? So right. don't, when the officer gets, what do you stop me for? Or... Mm-hmm. Or, you know, being angry or, or being agitated because immediately you, you, you are basically escalating the situation. Okay. So let's move on to your home. Okay. Mm-hmm. When a police officer comes, uh, officer comes up and knocks on the door of your home and asks you if they can come in because they're investigating a crime. Uh, what are your rights? Well, well, first of all, if it's an officer knocking on your door, the number one question is, do I even have to open the door? And if I'm at home chilling, minding my business, why? I don't. I don't even have to respond to that. I, I don't even have to. Not at all. For what reason? Now, for officer, but if they say they have a warrant, that's a different story, correct? A warrant? What? A search warrant or a warrant yeah, for someone's warrant. arrest? That's that's totally yeah. diff- two different things. Now, if they have a search warrant for your property, it's not much you can do about that. They don't even really need you to open the door. They can actually announce the search warrant and go ahead and just breach the entry. You do know. you do you lose some of your rights once you leave your home when they get you outside off of your porch or whatever? Do you lose, um, you know, your rights? Can they just no. basically do whatever they want to you? No, not at all. You, ne- you never lose your rights. Only rights you lose are those the ones that you surrender. Like when you start talking, when you should be silent. But to answer your question, if a police officer doesn't have a search warrant or doesn't have um, or someone within the home didn't call the police, you don't mm-hmm. even have to open the door. 
Now, if there was some type of domestic situation in which you had a child or, or someone on the inside called the police, well, then the police, they have the right to make sure that that individual is okay. So they're not going to leave okay. until they can check on the welfare of that person. If you live in a right-to-carry state, and this applies to home or in the car, especially if you're driving in a car and you know you have a weapon in your car and you're pulled over by the police. Should you volunteer immediately, I have a weapon in this car? Well, that's a funny question because you should. You should inform the officer, yes, I have a weapon. That officer, depending on where you are, I had an officer in Virginia tell me, hey, I'm not even concerned with you having a weapon. I will tell you, hey, good, leave it where it is, and I will continue on with what I'm doing. I have, I've had other officers in the state of Maryland, because, see, Maryland is more funny. You, you have to have, you know, the right to carry. So they may want you to pull out the gun. In other states, may want you to pull it out. They may want to check it. They want to make sure it's registered. They have the right to do those things, but... But I wouldn't I want to do that because as soon as I put my hand on that gun, they can say, gun, pop. But see, I had an officer with over 25 years of experience, and he told me I never informed the officer that I have my weapon. The only time I let the officer know that I have my weapon is if I'm asked to exit the vehicle. If I have to get out mm -hmm. of the vehicle, then I will inform that officer. He said, but up until that mm -hmm. point, I don't tell them because I don't want to, you know, uh, make the officer nervous. You know what? That makes more sense because once you're out of the car, you're not reaching for anything or anything like that. Then you inform them there is a, you know, uh, a Glock underneath the, uh, the passenger seat and it contains a clip. Now, can you ride with a clip in your car? Well, with, if you with have a clip engaged in the gun. If you have a concealed weapon, if you are, if you have a license to carry a concealed weapon, yes, you can have the gun loaded. Um, if you're in a state in which you can have the gun, but you don't have a concealed weapon permit, then you typically want that separate. If you're in a state in which you're not supposed to have a gun, period, but you're traveling maybe to the range, you know, to and from, mm -hmm. they, there are certain instructions they will tell you. You know, you want to have the gun separate from the ammunition. You want to have it out of reach. You want to have it in a, mm -hmm. a locked bag or a locked container. You know, so you need to know the laws in your state. But uh, typically, And that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, with the terms of engagement with an officer, are the laws different in different states? In terms of engagement, you, what do you mean as far as... Well, sir, uh, it's like if, if a police officer pulls over, like in, let's say you get pulled over in the state of Virginia, do the same laws apply to if you got pulled over in D.C.? No. You know, in, in, in Washington, D.C., if you get pulled over and they smell marijuana, that's not even grounds to search your car or anything. You know, typically mm. in the state of Maryland or Virginia, if they smell marijuana, they're probably going to, you know, you're probably going to get okay. searched. You know, so it so all depends on where you are. But they don't need a search warrant. If they smell it, it's that's grounds for them to ask you to, to, to exit the vehicle. Well, it's called probable cause. So if they see something in plain sight, if they have reason to think that you, the vehicle, or passenger have been involved in some type of uh, crime or illegal activity or uh, about to go and engage into a crime, you know, the officer must have probable cause. Okay, let me ask you. If the weed is all gone, you smoked it all up, but the car smells like weed. And they don't find it. Can you be detained or arrested because of the smell of marijuana in your car? No. Again, most places these days, you can't even be searched for that. You know, nowadays you can mm. you can have marijuana. You're probably going to get a ticket. 
It's not like it used to be just a few years ago. Virginia just caught up last year. Um, you know, you have other places in Washington, D.C. It used to be that you could get searched or detained for the smell of marijuana. Not anymore, you wow. know. Wow. Not not these days. So, Ken Redfern, just, Body Armor, Everything You Need to Know to Survive Your Next Encounter with the Police. This book is available where? Everywhere. You can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere. You can even hit me up on social media. We'll make it happen. Super Ken Real. It's available everywhere. Knowledge is power. Pick you up one mm -hmm. and share it with others. Yeah, Super Ken Real is S-U-P-A, Ken Real. Okay. Hey, listen, man, I really appreciate it. This is so important. This book is just phenomenal. I recommend it to, uh, especially when we have to have that talk as a black man with our kids, I recommend this book. I, I, you go through chapter and chapter and discuss it with your kids because chances are you've experienced some of the stuff that's happened in this book, and you react, and now you know you did it all wrong. Now you know. Hey, hey Super Ken, Ken Renfern, thank you so much, bro. Thanks, sir. All right. Well, there it is, the Russ Podcast, and I want to thank Kendrick Redfern, Body Armor, great book. You might want to get all your kids to read it, definitely. They need to know their rights. Also, Red Grant wants to become the next mayor of Washington, D.C. Good luck with that, homie. Anyway, join us right here on the Russ Podcast every week. Hey, you can listen to this podcast wherever, wherever you can actually listen to podcasts. I'll be there, the Russ Podcast. Y'all take care. <laughs>